Spirit Awards last week, by the way, and we're praying that he's dancing there next year. So keep him in prayer. We just thank them for their family. You know, he was two years of age when we joined the church, became leaders in his family here. Four great kids for Edna, done a great job. It's great to have you in our church and seeing great, doing great things. Good morning, everyone. Everybody okay? Sure? Cool. Well, I'm going to um, preach to you, talk to you about uh, one of the parts in our prayer manual, and it's about our mission. So, you know, every one of us who are actually um, are committed to Jesus, have come to know him, all of us are commissioned to be ambassadors for Christ. You know, it's just not about the church thing that we do when we serve the body of Christ on the weekend or, or throughout the week. But as we leave this place that we're called to mission and to be witnesses and ambassadors for Jesus, letting people know about the good news. You know, we have really good news as Christians, you know, in a bad world, don't we? And uh, some of the songs that we've been singing this morning that we should be singing that from the bottom of our heart, knowing that as followers of Christ, even with all our problems that we have to face, even with all the things that we have to deal with, that we have been forgiven by the Lord and we're in relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know, what safety that brings to our lives. Even though that we're struggling right now, even though we may be a little bit um, messed up, that God can work things together, that Christ can be formed into our life and we can actually be blessed as the people of God to be a blessing. So I want to just talk to you today about um, the gospel message. What is the good news? I want to try to... Um, tell you a story, a narrative of the Bible without using too many scripture references. For, you, for those of you online or in here, you're not familiar with the Christian faith or Bible or verses, I want to try and tell you the, the good news or the message that God has brought to us in a way that hopefully you'll be able to understand. If you have been a, a long follower of Jesus, then, then please forgive me for not actually quoting the scriptures or the version of the Bible that we use as the foundation of our faith, but you will know that what I say to you today will be rooted and founded in the Word of God, the Bible. So let's go. Let's pray. Father, we, we pray, Lord, today for those that are in, in this place and those that may be online that have never really understood God's plan for their life. And Lord, if there are those in here today that have maybe followed you for a long time, but may have forgotten, they may need refreshing, Lord, in their spirit and in their mind about this amazing plan that you provided for us that we can have fellowship with you. Would you help us today, Holy Spirit? Would you bring light and life to those that don't know you? Would you continue to speak to them right now from this very moment, begin to prepare their hearts to meet with the living God. And for those that know you but are struggling, Lord, I pray, God, for a fresh revelation of your love for them today. And Lord, whatever it is that they have come here with, Lord, I pray you'll just give liberty and life in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, so let's talk about God's plan. What is God's plan? Well, in the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God. And God had a plan, and God created Adam, and he created even from those two male and female, all of us have actually been descended from them. And you know, God had an amazing plan and purpose for humanity. He said, I want to bless you. 
I want you to uh, increase in number. He said, I'm going to give you authority over this earth and I want you to look after it, subdue it, and I want you to flourish. That is God's bottom line for humanity. God said, if you, if you enter this life doing things the way I asked you to do them, then you will be protected from harm. You'll, 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 you'll encounter no pain, no physical death. No, no, there'll be no murder. There'll be no uh, cheating. There'll be no lying. There'll be no decay. There'll be no famine. There'll be no mess. And, and above all else, there'll be no weeding for those that you do gardens. You know, uh, but you know what happened with God's promise and God's best intention? God gave them one restriction. Please listen to this. It's amazing about God's plan. Many people say when you become a Christian, your life gets restricted. No, it doesn't. It actually gets more free because God's ways actually work best for us. And because that man decided that his way would be better than God's, we're all in this mess in our life. So, so God did an amazing plan. He made us, it was very good what he made. And he said to the two in the garden, look, you know, all this is for your life and blessing, but I want you to do one thing. I don't want you to eat from this one tree, but every other tree is for you, for your good. Just one thing, please don't do that one thing. Because if you do, when you eat of that tree, you will die. So the story goes, just one thing that Adam and Eve were asked to do, they had everything that they could have to live from and to enjoy life, but they somehow was drawn to that one thing that God told them not to do. And as we know the story, I may not know the story, the serpent or the devil, the devil or Satan is a being, a spiritual being that was one of God's archangels and he tried to get the glory and disobeyed God and God dismissed him from heaven and threw him down to earth and he took a third of heaven with him, his fallen angels, and there his plan, the devil's plan, was to kill, steal and destroy God's creation. So the foundation of evil that we have in our world is founded from Satan and what comes from him, coming to kill, steal and destroy. When you look at our world right now, we're in a mess because of the evil that is rampant through our world. But God came to give us life and life in the full. And so he said to man, do not do that one thing, but they decided to disobey God. And from that one choice, that one act of disobedience has brought to us all the pain and all the suffering and all the death that we face today as humanity. However, in despite of human beings turning away from God's plan, and we're still doing it today, if you look throughout our society, you turn on the news, nobody wants God anymore, not many people. Nobody wants to listen to what he says from his word. Nobody wants to obey his commands. You know, just few of the commands in the Old Testament. You know, do not murder, do not commit adultery, and do not lie. If we had those three things right now, our world would be turned upside down for the glory of God. Just take that one thing, do not lie. If we took lying out of our world right now, look what would happen to our world. Just one command that would be obeyed would bring life to the earth. But unfortunately, man think they can live without God's commands and do it their own way. And look what's happening to our world. We're in a mess and we will actually, not, we don't want to admit it because we want to do what's right in our own eyes. That is the culture that we're living in right now. We want to live our way and that means that we want to live without God. 
That means it's called sin. We've missed the mark. We're not interested in God. We don't want him involved in our lives. We'll keep him out, thank you. And we will do a good job. And I tell you what, if we were really honest, we're not doing a good job in our world right now. We're in a mess and we need God back into our lives. But you know something about the God that we serve? That even though that man has turned away from him, he doesn't really need to get involved. He said, okay, you've made your choice. You do what you want. Then I'll just leave it up to you. But God still had a plan. God still wanted a relationship with mankind. You know, the main reason that God had a plan was so he could have a relationship with humanity. That's bottom line. He wanted to walk with them in the garden forever in perfect unity without sin. But man chose to live without God's plan. And so God still wanted a relationship. Would you be bothered with people that turn your back on you after doing so good to them? But this God that we serve still pursued man. It wasn't that we was looking for God and still not looking for God today, but he decided to still pursue man. So he chose a man called Abraham. And he said to Abraham, and Abraham wasn't looking for God, but God appeared to Abraham and he said, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to the nations. And from Abraham's descendants become Isaac and Jacob and the rest of the Jewish nation which God was going to use as a vessel to be a blessing not only to their own Jewish nation but also to the world. That they would display this God that is so good to us and kind to us and has a plan for our life. But the problem still exists that there was still a sin issue, still a problem with a penalty that we needed to pay because the wages of sin is death. When Adam and Eve sinned, it brought death into the world. Heaven and earth, something happened, was fractured in that relationship with God because of our disobedience, which is called sin. But God is a just God and therefore it must have justice on those that's done wrong and that is death. And so the only way that God could have a relationship with man again was to, to actually form a system to allow, uh, to, to allow sin to be dealt with so he could get back in relationship with man or man get back in relationship with God. And this system will involve bringing animals as a substitute to die and shed their blood so the punishment that should have been on man for their disobedience was placed on an animal and therefore justice was done because somebody died in the place of humanity. And so God set up a system called the tabernacle where he would appoint priests and high priests where people would bring offerings of goats and lambs and birds if they couldn't afford it. And, there, and then what happened was they would place their lamb and the lamb had to be without defect, it had to be perfect because God cannot accept an imperfect sacrifice because it has to pay the price for sin for missing the mark. So it had to be perfect without spot or blemish. So they would go into the tabernacle or the temple and they would give the offering to the high priest or the priest and they would they'd sacrifice this lamb on the altar and the blood would be shed and therefore God was satisfied because something died in the place of man. It was a substitute. And God had that system all the way through to when Jesus Christ came in the New Testament. So God set up a structure and a plan that would deal with the sin issue so we could have fellowship with God. And so what they did every year, they would come into the tabernacle and the high priest once a year, went to the Holy of Holies, shed the blood of goats and bulls, sprinkled the blood, and before God would atone for the sins of mankind, there was a substitute. So God would, would 
carry out his justice on the animal instead of mankind and their sin was paid for and now we can have fellowship again. When you read through the Old Testament, God was kind to his people, blessed his people, provided for his people, wanted to live with his people, but they still disobeyed God. They still complained against him. And you know, it was amazing how God still wanted to continue this plan. But the problem with this is that animals could not fully pay the price for humanity in totality. Because every day and every year they would have to bring these animals. So God had a plan. And that plan was Jesus Christ. God sent his son from heaven to come to earth. Why? Because it was man that disobeyed and only man could pay the price for our sins. But it had to be a man that was 100% perfect and lived a spotless life without sin. And there's no human being, no religious leader could ever, ever have done that. Only Jesus who came to earth, God in flesh. God came himself to deal with our problem because he loved us so much. And he came, the Father sent his son to earth and there Jesus Christ came as a substitute for mankind. In those days, the Jews were still continuing the sacrificial system. But Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God. John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of our world. You know, in the Old Testament, the blood of animals could only cover our sins. But when Jesus Christ came, he came to take the sins of the world away on his life. He became our substitute. He was the only man, the only human being that could obey God 100% of his life and offered his life to pay the price and become a substitute for you and for me. And what happened on the cross when it says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter? As he was on the cross, God's judgment, was his Father's judgment was carried out upon Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross took our sins and there was placed upon him. He became a substitute for the wrath of God. So instead of us deserving death, who always disobeyed God and can never live a holy life, Jesus came and he died on the cross as a substitute and he said, I will take their disobedience. I will, I will take their rebellion. I will take their sin. I will take it upon me, perfect sinless Lamb of God, I will take their sin and I will take your wrath and I will be their substitute. So I will pay the price so they can go free and have a relationship back with the Father. And so when you look what God did for us, it's amazing. But not only did God, Jesus Christ, take our sin, because let me tell you this, when Christ takes your sin, we're still people that mess things up and we can never approach a holy God. It's impossible. We are all undone. Even though we have, in Christ, we are now forgiven. We have, Christ has taken our sin. That's one thing. But what Christ did for us is amazing. Not only did he take our sin, he gave us his rightness, his perfection, his holiness, and he placed it upon our lives. He exchanged our sin 
for His righteousness so we can always approach God forever. And that's why the curtain of the temple was torn in two, saying the way open to God is open forever because my life always intercedes for those I gave my life for. And so no matter how horrible you feel today, if you've given your life to Jesus, He has taken your sin and He's given you His righteousness, His rightness. It has justified God. And every time we come into the presence of God, we are in Christ and God the Father looks at us as though we are His sons and daughters. That's what Jesus Christ did. And the reason He did that is so we can have a relationship with God, not a religion. Religion will not do much for you, but a relationship with God will be amazing. We are free from guilt. We are justified, just as if we've never sinned. Jesus said, I am the door, I am the way, to the Father. Remember, we are not righteous in our own eyes. We are not righteous because of our good works. We're not righteous because of our intellect. We are righteous because Christ gave us His goodness and perfection and holiness. And we stand before God, not in our merit, but in His. What a God that would do that would come and pay the price for our sin on the cross and make us righteous in God's sight. Jesus said, I am the door and no one gets to the Father but through me. Two things happened. He took our sin, he paid the price and he gave us new garments so we can approach God. Here's the thing, years ago, before I was a Christian, um, I was going out to a nightclub, but I lived in Blackpool and I went to go to Oldham. It was, I don't know why I was going to Oldham with a load of friends. And there was this, this uh, executive nightclub that we were going in. And uh, I didn't think much about what I had to wear. So I just put normal clothes on. And when we got to, before we went to the nightclub, my friend said to me, do you know that it's very expensive to get into this nightclub? I said, oh, you didn't tell me that. And he said, oh, by the way, the second thing is that you, need, you have to wear the right, right attire. You have to have the right shirt on and, right, and you can't wear jeans. So I had trousers on, but I had a shirt with no collar. And he said, I'm not sure you're going to get in with that shirt on because it hasn't got a collar. And I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try my look. Well, let's go. And he said, just in case, I'll put my shirt in the bag just in case. So we went to the nightclub. It was very expensive. I just about had enough money. Some of my friends were a little bit short and usually we'd lend each other some money so we could get into places. And they said to me, sorry, you can't come in. You haven't got the right shirt on. And I said, well, I paid it. He said, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. You might be able to pay the price, but you haven't got the right shirt on. You're not allowed in tonight. And so I thought, and then my friend said, but don't worry about that. I will give you my shirt. So I put his shirt on. The price was paid and the right attire was worn and was allowed into the nightclub. I know that some of you are thinking, what kind of illustration is this? I'm trying to help us understand that some people, where Jesus spoke in parables, can probably get what I'm trying to say right now. I want you to take you on a journey of a parable of something like this. Suppose you wanted to get into an extravagant event and you needed to pay the price of entrance fee, but you had no way of paying it because it was out of your price range. 
And not only that, you had to have the right attire to get in. And so you went to this, this place and you, you argued your way and you told them who you were and how good you were and what you did as a, as a living. And this, the doorman, the guy at the door said, unfortunately, unless you are willing to pay the price and wear the right attire, there's no way you're going to get into this event. And so you would throw your toys out the cot and say, do you know who I am and what I've achieved? Let me see the boss. I want to see the owner of this event. Let me tell him who I am and I'll be able to get in. And this guy at the door says, unfortunately, the owner is my dad. And he's given me all authority that unless you pay the price or wear the right attire, there's no way you get into this event. And so after me raging and bawling at this doorman and telling him who I was and what I've achieved and how I can get in if I can get to the manager, I realised that the only way in was to pay the price. I never had enough money to get in and I never had the right clothes to wear. And as I begin to walk away, I turned around to the doorman and I said, you know what, I'm really sorry for my attitude. I apologise for the way I've acted. I realised that there was no way into this event unless I pay the price or wear the right attire. I am very sorry. And as I walk away, the guy at the door turned around. He said, hold on a minute. He said, I've had second thoughts. And he puts his hand in his pocket and he pulls out his wallet. And he said, here you go. Here's the price of entrance fee. And as he does that, he puts his hand back in his pocket, begins to take off his shirt. And he said, here you go. Put this shirt on. And now you've paid the price and got the right attire. Let me take you to see my dad. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. See, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins, and he also gave the right attire that you can please and approach God. You are justified by faith. The only way into the relationship with God, not into heaven, because many times we talk about you know, do you want to get to heaven? But the thing is this, you can't get to heaven without you're actually connected to a person. Because when you get the person, you already get heaven. Because heaven is on earth. And what we don't realise is that, that not only when you receive Jesus, you're forgiven of your sins and you receive the gift of eternal life and it starts now. What happens is that heaven starts now on earth because once you die, also you are resurrected with a new life because Jesus was raised from the dead and he overcame death so once you give your life to him, death no, no longer has its sting over you. And life starts now. And so you have a person and you're guaranteed heaven because that's where Christ reigns and rules. But once Jesus returns, let me tell you, for those that you didn't know, that heaven comes down to earth and there'll be a new heaven and the new earth, just like it was in the beginning in God's intention. There'll be a new garden where God will reign with people forever and no more sin or death will ruin and reign. And that's God's plan. And the main thing is that, that scripture that we read, the main thing of salvation, that Jesus Christ came, the righteous for the unrighteous, that we will get to know him. That he will bring you to God. See, that's the message of the good news. It's not about whether you feel better, you get provision, whether your life will turn out. God's plan was that he wants to get to know you. God loves you so much that he's willing to let his son die on the cross because he wants to get a relationship with you. When you, when you understand that, then you sing that song differently. Then you sing those songs differently. That how can a wretch like me be allowed 
in the presence of God and he wants to spend time with me and you. If you would fathom that, then it would actually bring you to your knees. And so my question to you as I close this morning, have you a relationship with Jesus? Not do you come to church, not are you involved in ministry, not that you give. Have you a living relationship with Jesus Christ? Can you say for certain that you know him? And the only way that you can know him is that when you come by faith and you ask him just like that person at the door, I'm sorry I've messed up. I realise that I, I've done things my own way. The only way is through what you've done for me on the cross and through my accepting that. And a miracle happens. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, comes into your heart and from the inside out, your life gets switched back onto God. What was lost now gets reconnected and your spirit comes alive to the things of God and connection is made again. It's a miracle that happens. It's not man-made. It's something that you can't do yourself. It has to be from a process of faith in what Christ has done for you on the cross and that is all that is needed. You can't come in with your good works. You can't come with who you know. You have to come only one way and that is through Jesus Christ by you putting your trust in him. And today you say, my life's messed up. I need forgiveness of sins. I need guilt removing. I need my life restored. My question to you online and you in here, that's fine. But do you really want to know God? Because that's his plan. And when you get to know God, all the other stuff comes with the package. You get forgiveness. You get a new start. You get the power of the presence of God to help you live a life that pleases God. And you get eternal life. And so as we come to close today, do you want to know this person? Jesus Christ. If you do, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are right now in your life, that cannot stop you from a relationship with God if you would trust him in what he's done for you. He didn't need to come from heaven. He could have left us to go to hell without him. And the only way that we will not receive forgiveness of sins the only way that we will not spend eternity with him is if we say no to him. We don't want you in our lives. I'm going to continue to live my way and keep you out. It's the only way. But today, if you're in this place and you say, do you know what? I don't fully understand but somehow something's going on inside of me because that's the Holy Spirit. See, he's the only one that can bring Jesus to you. He can make you aware of things that you don't even know what's happening to your life. The Holy Spirit has been preparing you. He's drawing you. He's speaking to you because he wants you to say yes to him. And he won't force you. He won't twist your arm because he's done enough for you. But he wants to know, do you want him in your life? Do you want to have, let him have access into your world? And from this moment on, 
that you will say, Lord, I ask you, I invite you to come into my life. I no longer want to live without you. And I accept this morning that there's nothing I can do to be forgiven. I deserve death and wrath. And the only one thing that can take that away is the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And I accept that. And I believe that. And I want that. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you for being a substitute for me. I thank you that you would be willing to come and take my place and that you would take the wrath of God on you and exchange your goodness and place it on me and give me a brand new start. If you're in this place or online and you're really, really saying, do you know what? I really do want God in my life. I guarantee you today there'll be a miracle happen in the house today. It's not based on you, it's based on Him. But He needs an invitation. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and open the door of their heart, I will come in and have fellowship with you. Maybe you're in church today and you are a follower of Jesus, but it's been a long time since you had proper fellowship with Him. Something's happened in your life. And God wants to restore His relationship with you. Now you don't need to be saved all over again. But there may be a few things that need to come out of the way. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Him today. And you may need to say to Him, Lord, I'm sorry for turning my back on You. Because God still is pursuing you, do you know that? No matter how far you run away from Him, He'll never stop looking out for you. His love never fails. And so if you're here today in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ and you want assurance of a relationship with Him, forgiveness of sins, and eternal life is a free gift. But you need to receive it from your heart and your mind. See, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Saved from the wrath of God, placed into God's family. That's good news. So every eye and every heart bow today if you can do that. Everybody in this building, close your eyes with me. Everybody online right now. I really do believe today that the Holy Spirit's at work and that some of you are going to come to know Jesus for the first time in your life. But you need to say yes to Him. He just needs permission from you. 
when I heard this message 30 odd years ago, I didn't, never had the, read the Bible in my life, never went to church probably twice. And I heard the message that Jesus died for me. And the only thing I did at the front of the church was, God, if you are real, come into my life. And a miracle happened. And that can happen for you today. So if you're here today and online, you want to pray a prayer with me, just do this to me heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for living my life my way. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I accept your sacrifice on the cross as a substitute for me. Thank you that you died for me and you rose again. Today I choose to believe in you and I ask you to come into my life from this very moment. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Bring with it peace forgiveness, hope, and a brand new start. And from today, I decide to live your way. I put my hand and my heart in yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For those of you that are already believers and you know that you're not where you need to be in God. Do you know God's not angry with you? Because listen, all his anger went on Jesus. But what is so precious to him is your relationship. Can you believe that God wants to spend time with us? Can you believe that he wants to know every detail that we're going through in our lives? Can you believe this awesome, sovereign, magnificent, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-omnipresent God actually wants to give his time to us? Absolutely. And if you're here today and you know the Lord, but you're not where you need to be, why don't you say, Lord, would you renew my relationship with you? Would you again put a fire in my heart for your presence? Not for the stuff that I do for God, but for Him. Because once you get hold of Him, everything else follows that. Once you've got Him back in the right place, everything else follows. So Father God, wherever people are right now, right now if, if that's you in this place and online, just say, Lord, forgive me afresh. Would you let fresh wind and fresh presence come into my life today? Remember Jesus speaking to a church and said, you know what? You've done amazing things in the past, but somehow you've lost your first love. 
See, it's all about relationship, folks. He never said you've lost your first works. He said you've lost your first love. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you'd fill your people with your presence and your love. Ask it in the name of Jesus. And if you're in this building for the first time or you've been here for some time but you've said that prayer and you made a commitment to Jesus for the first time, at our info desk, there's some little booklets there with some scriptures, uh, some little booklets to help you know to help you with your journey, please take one of those or talk to somebody and we'd love to help you. I want to say this before everyone goes there. Listen, God loves you tremendously. He loves you tremendously. God bless you.